0: Welcome to Everything Imaginable, a podcast for curious minds, KGRA Radio. Welcome everyone to another episode of Everything Imaginable. My name is Gary Cacciolillo, your host, and today we have, I don't want to mess up your first name, is it Don a? <laughs> Danny.
1: yeah danae i get called all kinds of things but danae is it
0: <laughs> danae shante and she yeah. is the founder of the school of intuitive intuition Breathwork, ceremony and sound thank you for being on the show today
1: thanks for having me guy i appreciate the opportunity to play with you for a little bit <laughs> <laughs>
0: and um so i'll just jump right into it like uh like, what got you into this? Was this something that you uh, had some kind of event that triggered you to get, become interested in this and explore? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah. It's, it's kind of, um, you know, not everybody has the same experience in having a spiritual emergence. That's what that's called. But certainly, I didn't believe in anything, you know, new age or metaphysical or spiritual or psychic at all. I was an executive director of a chamber of commerce uh, in New York and my best friend just kept talking about past lives and people channeling and just all this stuff that to me was total nonsense, but I trusted her and loved her. So I kind of thought, all right, I'll, I'll follow. (laughs) She's asking me to come to this meditation on the harmonic convergence, which was I think August 16th, 1987. And, um, you know, what happened is I went to this meditation, pre-dawn meditation uh, out on Long Island, and I didn't even know how to meditate, but there were 300 people there in the early dawn light, and supposedly cosmic rays of light were coming down through the earth, and all these people were supposed to wake up, and none of that meant anything to me at all, but I pretended, because I didn't want to feel like an oddball, you know? Right. And... um. when the whole meditation circle was done, everyone was, you know, ran into the ocean, jumping up and down, you know, love and light on planet earth. And in the minute that I was doing that, I realized I was hearing angelic choirs inside my brain. And when I was looking up at the sky, I was seeing golden white, like blinding golden white archangel shapes all across the sky instead of clouds. And when I looked back at the sand, I could see people's auric fields, and so you know that that basically changed my my functioning in my body, and uh, people often ask me, "Well weren't you scared? like you had no frame of reference? did you think you were crazy?" And the only thing I could say to that is the experience was accompanied by the most phenomenal, unconditional love I ever felt in my whole life and that was a statement. There was nothing to be afraid of. I felt such love and such peace. And Anyway, I was in an altered state for three days, as was my friend April. And um, after three days, uh, the light sort of settled into my brain and DNA and nervous system. And I met my teachers and they taught me how to drive the bus, so to speak.
0: Wow. So you you instantly accepted it. Like there was no wrestling with yourself. Like, wow, is this real? Or did this slip something in my drink? Or <laughs> something like
1: that? <laughs> you know, when I give talks, that's what I always say. I didn't eat anything and I didn't drink anything. It was it was so there was nothing to wrestle with because it's what was happening. You know, it's just like it what was happening, and there was no denial of what I was experiencing. And I think Perhaps my innocence, my lack of experience around it, um, gave me the space to just be in awe instead of questioning it. There is nothing to question. I mean, when you're looking at archangels in the sky, you're like, okay, the sky looks really different right now, and there's angels singing in my brain. You know, what are you supposed to do with that?
0: (laughs) Right. Um, Harmonic conversion, like what exactly... Is that is that have to do with sound? Is that somehow like using sounds like switch reality?
1: Oh, I love I love that question, and I wish I had a better answer for you. To this day, I never like studied what exactly were the energetics like. What specifically was taking place of the harmonic convergence? Because the word harmonic indicates sound, right?
2: Yeah, to I me think.
1: It does. Yeah, I think even though I do sound healing as part of my offerings to people, I feel like sound, light, frequency, and vibration can almost be used synonymously. I know people would argue with me about that. So something that was harmonizing for the divine aspect of life in the human species was occurring, and I have to say it was occurring on a vibrational level because... You know, my mind didn't believe any of that stuff. And all I know is one minute I wasn't like that, and the next minute I was. So, yeah, maybe there were some sound frequencies going on that were inaudible coming from the planetary spheres. It's a wonderful question.
0: Yeah, it's, I've spoken with other guests, and, um, you know, the topic sort of comes up on how. The use of sound can switch a person's reality just like simply like leaving listening to music oh yeah you know switches a person you know because your mood changes you really your whole reality changes
1: yeah really so realizes. i i have a fun story about that um so uh i am a singer i'm a professional singer and vocal coach so you would think that I have command over my voice any way I want it to go. Well, that's not necessarily true. So I'm also a breath trainer. And so one of my music partners kept saying, you need, you need to develop your own music for your breath workshops, you know, to bring in the cadence for people breathing. And I was in one of those lazy moods. I'm like, ah, I don't want to have to produce a CD for people to breathe to. I just want to run the workshop and use other people's music. So Anyway, my music partner convinced me to do that. And what happened in this experience, again, I want to say I didn't eat anything or drink anything funny. (laughs) (laughs) We're in his recording studio. I'm feeling my resistance because I don't have a plan. I don't know what I'm going to do. And all of a sudden, this huge wall of white light opens to my right and left. And the ascended masters land in my field. And they're flanking me on both sides and I can see them uh, through, my, I'm very clairvoyant, so I can see them through my third eye and I'm clear audience, so I can hear them. And they said to me, you don't want to do this. We do. If you will allow us, we will record the CD. And <laughs> I turned to my music partner, Bob, and I said, so the Ascended Masters are here and they're willing to record with you and I'm not? <laughs> <laughs> he's like okay bring it so I surrendered to them and I said you may use my body and what have you got and they said and I didn't know what it meant when they said it they said we're going to sequence the frequencies of the chakras through sound and I said what does that mean and they said we're going to take you through it you get to go first because the sound's going to come through your body and so for an hour they were sending all these sound currents through my body, and I was sounding and toning, and they went through all the chakras. And as they were doing this through me, I was literally seeing colors I've never seen with my human eyes ever. And my body was going into states of ecstasy and bliss, and when we got to my third eye, uh, what, it felt like there was this cone That came out from my third eye, from my physical body, out about a foot in front of me. And at this point, when we were at the third eye sounding, I was seeing um, crystal, like you might see in a fantasy movie, crystal um, mansions and and structures and white light and angelic beings flying around. And at the end of this cone that came out of my third eye, this angel came and stuck her face at the end of the cone and said hi but it was a whisper and you got to remember i'm recording while all this was happening so out of my voice comes just like that
2: Mm -hmm.
1: now i couldn't stop and talk to bob and tell him what was happening because we were recording and i got so excited i like inside i started jumping up and down like oh my god an angel is speaking to me directly and with that thought the angel came through the cone into my physical reality and stood in front of me and said, hi again, right in my face. And I was like, Oh my God. And it's all on the CD. So yeah, I I was seeing colors and lights and put in a state of bliss and my voice was doing things that even though I'm a trained singer and I teach other people to sing, I couldn't possibly do like I would breathe in, and the sound would last for you know well over a minute coming out of me, and I didn't have to breathe in again. That's not even possible. Wow. Yeah.
0: Um, is the CD available on your website?
1: Oh, oh, sure. Yeah, it's called Breathing Life, the Breathing Life CD, and I always tell everyone, you know, tune into the third eye chakra part because you're going to hear. High whispered twice. It's really subtle. It's there.
0: (laughs) That's cool. Yeah. Um, You mentioned an extended an extended master. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know a lot. I mean, I've read a little bit about extended masters. Like my first time I read about it was about um, Saint Germain. Yeah. And I think that was my first exposure. And um, and then I became a little bit more interested when I started reading about you know, Krishna and uh-huh. you
2: know,
0: about Yogananda and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Um what are these beings? I mean you say you call them like angelic beings. Um do yeah. they live like on the astral plane where we're not able to perceive them? And what do they get out of helping us accept?
1: I love your questions. And and, and it's fun for me because even though I've been teaching people since the awakening, you know, my roots are, I didn't believe in in any of this. And so I was ignorant and innocent. So for me, I always feel like a student of these masters and angels and stuff. And, you know, when I first had the awakening, I, I was like a revolving doorway. I channeled everyone and anything from, I did channel Paramahansa Yogananda and the ascended masters and archangels and angels and other Inner realm teachers, and I had deceased people come and talk to me and ask if they could have closure with their relatives that were still alive. I'd have animals talking to me. I'd have unborn babies sitting in women's bellies talking to me. And you know, it was I was like a revolving doorway. And all I can share is from my experience. And in my experience, I have always found that any and all of these beings are benevolent. And bring extraordinary love. And the astral plane is an interesting realm because I've heard two different schools of thought. One is if you uh, put a lot of holes in your aura, so for example, people who drink a lot, and I personally don't have an opinion about it, it's just what I've learned from the masters teaching me when someone uh, has uh, their aura looks like Swiss cheese, they're leaving themselves open for all kinds of energies and entities and within the astral realm are lost souls and lost energies who may not know that they've died or, or may not know where the light is and they're looking for host bodies to operate through. And so I've heard both things about the astral planes. Be careful, have discernment, know who you're letting speak through you because there's a lot of trickster energy. And then the higher causal plane, which is higher than the astral plane, and the spiritual realms is where a lot of these benevolent teachers will come in. And, you know, I've been teaching intuition since then. And I have to say, and I believe this with all my heart, we are divine beings having a human incarnation. And I know probably every single one of your guests have said that because, you know, I guess in my world that's common knowledge. So think about it. If you're a divine being having a human incarnation, why wouldn't you have a guidance system that you brought in with you to guide your human life? So I feel like our divine consciousness is here to access and establish a relationship with and all the benevolent helper beings who love to help us because they love us and they're devoted to our journey are also a part of our, our team, part of the collective. And, You know, St. Germain was my first teacher when I had that awakening. I didn't read any books. I didn't learn any of the stuff from books. Beings just started showing up in my head talking to me, you know, and I'd be like, I don't know, there's a purple guy here, you know, and he's talking to me and he's sharing amazing, beautiful things with me about love and creation and reality. And what I would do is whatever St. Germain would teach me, I would test it. I'd be like, okay, St. Germain told me this, I'm going to go do what he's telling me to do and test what he's giving me to see if I get feedback on the physical plane of a response. And that's how I learned to trust not only the teacher beings, but my own divine consciousness is, is to test it. So I believe everyone has the capacity to establish a relationship with their guidance. And like snowflakes are unique. I think, the way that someone does that and the kind of access they have is very unique to how that person is designed.
0: If this is something that, that I think about a lot when I hear people say that humans are a divine being, you know, and that we're basically spirit in a physical form,
2: mm-hmm.
0: I have to ask, like, why do so many of us just crash and burn?
1: Yeah, right? It's such a juicy question because I think as human beings, we have a judgment that it's supposed to look a certain way, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, if my divine is here with me all the time, how come I'm having all these troubles or diseases? How come there's starvation and rape and violence in the world? And the one thing that I've learned and that I've heard from other teachers is free will. It's like we chose to come into a human carnation. We have our reasons for doing that and we have our path that we want to evolve our souls and learn and grow from. And spirit is not here to intervene. Spirit's here to offer. And it's always up to us to ask. Now, am I walking around as a soul absolutely knowing what my whole plan is? No, no, I'm not. I mean, I could die tomorrow and maybe that's part of my plan. But in my human nature, I'm not going to let myself know that. You know, I'm not going to be like, Hey, I happen to know I'm going to die on this date. Let me get prepared. It, it doesn't work that way. So I think free will is a big, very big part of the equation for us.
0: Choices. I think it's, that's the idea, too. It's one of the other things I always hear is that we're here to learn. Yeah. You know, this is like school for us.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, one of the things I, I, I like in every way kind of like you, you used the term intuition more than you do like psychic or something like that. I think that's something that a lot more more people can relate to, that kind of terminology of having intuition rather mm-hmm. than, than a psychic ability.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and you also mentioned like purpose. Like I never planned on starting this podcast. Just one day I was taking a shower and I said, oh, maybe I'll just start a podcast on weird stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> And, and I, so, so you know I, I, I got a few friends to be guests, and it kind of has taken off and it's been you know a great experience um, yeah. but, but, it, but it was just that little little flash of like, yeah it might be a good idea. Let me order a mic on Amazon. You yeah and
1: like where did, and it's where just did that, that subtle. Right. And where did that come from? You know, it's like a lot of people say, well, how do I discern my imagination from my intuition? And and as an intuition teacher, I always say spirit uses the instrument of the body and the very first place spirit will go is to human imagination because we love stories. We love a good movie. We like to read a good book. We like having great conversations and that's all part of the realm of imagination. So um, you know, we get activated there first as a way to start to understand that there's a bigger communication happening. So like for you, yeah, like you said, you're minding your business and all of a sudden this idea drops into your consciousness. I think I'll start a podcast on really weird things. And next thing you know, because it's in right alignment for you and because you're giving a gift to all of us by following that, everything lines up and here you are. And from what I understand, your show's mushrooming. So fast that you had to reorganize some of your technical stuff. Yeah, you know That's a
0: beautiful thing. Yeah, it's been been, I've been really amazed at the growth um So with intuition and breath work like I I wrote a book on Zen called "Enlightenment Guarantee the only book on Zen you'll ever need and um meditation and and just a simple focus on my breathing yeah um it it changed my life really before that i i was really really stuck you know and then i started just that simple process and you know it just opened me up to so much more um
1: and and i know this is going to sound weird like i'm switching roles with you mm -hmm. but i'm not i'm just curious because you could make points as someone who experienced that, that will sound different than me making points as someone who teaches that. So when you say it just opened you up and changed your life, like, can you say how? Because I think that would really help people grasp what you mean.
0: Yeah. One is I feel like in a way I broke free from just being so attached to physical reality and life in general. I'm able to separate myself now, you know, um, I realize now that everything I experience, I'm experiencing through the filter of my own mind.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: therefore, you know, depending on, you know, whether that filter is clouded or not, yeah, you know, whether I can actually believe what I'm experiencing. So it, it leaves me more open. I'm like, I'm like, all right, well, I'm having this experience, but, I can question what it is now you know i don't have to just take everything at face value anymore yeah and, and i can also just let things go mm-hmm. you know um my first meditation teacher she had this thing where she talked about this thing she called the gap or mind the gap and it's the gap between the in-breath and the out-breath yeah And in that gap um is is where you'll find like Emptiness, or, or like this, this, this blank canvas, there's just nothing there, there's no thoughts at all. Yeah, and um, and when seeing that place is almost like stepping out of myself,
1: yes, yeah.
0: And and when you are able to step out of yourself, even for the tiniest amount of time, it, it has most profound <laughs> change on a person, at least for me, it has.
1: Yeah, yeah. And see, how I relate to what you're saying is that gap, that allness and nothingness, that silent void in the middle of the inhale and exhale is the life of spirit. It, it is the divine. It is where our attachment to our personality looses, you know, it loosens up and we get, we touch, we taste the eternal nature of our being. And what's interesting for me personally about that is that it's not a religious thing; it's an energetic right. thing. We are energy, life forces, energy. That's what we are. And when the personality can let go enough to be touched by the spark of that divine that we organically are, whoa! It changes the landscape of experiencing because we're not. You know, I call it when I work with my students. I call it the so. You know, when I'm teaching them, I'll refer to my personality as the Diné. It's like Mm -hmm. the Diné is the wardrobe for the soul, the spirit, the divine. It's the clothing that the divine puts on to navigate third dimensional reality. And the Diné is the personality and the personality is clothing. It's not the truth of who I am. It's a colorful expression or lens through which the divine animates and plays and has fun. So... When I work with people, I'm always bringing them in. It's not conceptual. I bring them into the direct experience of being able to discern who is the Jack, who is the Fran, who is the Rachel, and what does it feel like to be loosened up from that and to be touched by the eternal that they are or the gap, as you're saying. And there's this one exercise that just works beautifully for that. And every single time people do it, they have the direct experience of themselves as not the personality, but the pure beingness before the personality and after the personality.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like seeing like like the like that ego is just this thing that is created by my mind to basically to keep my body alive, but it's not really me. Right. And, it's great
1: entertainment value, though, isn't it?
0: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I, and that's the funny thing too. Is like I still love drama, <laughs> you know, yeah. because because I think you know we're, that's why we're you know we're we're meant to experience drama. Yeah, and um, and I, I'm really like a big horror movie fan, and there's a, uh got the guy who wrote the movie Hellraiser, Clive Barker. Uh-huh. He has a quote that I really love. It's called um, "Each life is a stu- uh, every." Person's life is a leaf on a story tree.
1: Mm, I love
0: that, and, and, and I kind of believe that. You know, it's just like we're all part of the, we're all on that same tree together, but we're just each of us have our own story to tell and to express.
1: I I concur with that, and the way that my guides Thea have introduced me to that idea is, they always say, "Look at a diamond." Uh, And imagine that the diamond represents the body of the all that is. And then if you look at the diamond, you'll see that there's billions of facets and each facet, like you're saying is a leaf on a tree. Each facet is simply an angle, a perspective of reality, a way that you relate to the one life that's going on. You have a, a take on it, an angle on it. And that is what makes life, you know, full of variety and colorful and, gives us the idea that we're all separate and individual. And the fact is the life force running through you, me, the rock, the tree, and the grass blade is the same exact life force. You know, where we are living, it is an experience of one life being lived, one tree with many leaves, like you said.
0: Yeah, it's just diff- different ways of expressing itself. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, it's all, it's all coming from the same source and mm-hmm.
2: being fed
0: the same energy.
2: But manifesting
0: in different ways, I guess that's also probably where the idea, like the tree of life, came from originally. Anyway, probably it's kind of, so. It's found in different cultures. Um, so with um, you mentioned, yeah you know, in your website and in in some of your videos, Thea or yeah, Thea. Well, I'm not sure how it's pronounced.
1: Yeah, yeah but yeah, you but, have but
0: who or what? <laughs> is Thea. What
1: the heck is Thea? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, the whole world's in COVID, you know, lockdown and all that stuff. And um, in March, uh, right after, you know, we went into safety at home or whatever the correct, politically correct terminology is, um, you know, in the morning, I meditate and do breath work. It's just a regular part of my lifestyle. And in the mornings, I started getting these little doses of extra loving energy and, and poetic insights. I was like, Oh, that's, that was sweet. And I didn't think anything of it. And I'd write it down in my journal. And then I felt the inspiration to, um, you know, make little YouTube videos, but just send it out to my family and friends like, Hey, this is the message I got in my guidance this morning when I was meditating. And I thought this message feels like it's for more than just me. What do you think? And, you know, started getting really good feedback, like you did when you started your radio show. And um, about a month into it, I had an experience of this brilliant uh, um, honey gold light coming into my crown, moving in in golden waves through my whole body with this soft feminine voice, just completely overtook me and, and overwhelmed me with love and this amazing dialogue of, you know, what covid is and what's going on on the planet what mother earth is doing how we're all a part of it that this is no accident it's a vehicle and it went on and on and the love was incredible again i was put in a state of bliss and i have a habit of recording everything when guidance starts coming you know speaking through me because i'm not going to remember it and it's not of my personality and at the end they introduced themselves and said you know we are um, we are here to guide embodied ascension. And like, what? what's embodied ascension? And they said, well, the, and I'll go into that in a few minutes because it's too much to say all at once, but they were basically saying the earth and human beings are learning a different way of ascending and it's not about going up and out of the body. It's about bringing light down and in and integrating it through the physical structure of the body it's an embodied ascension not a leaving your body ascension and that that is what they're here to teach um is a new operating system for the new world that's being born through us and through mother earth and the operating system is the embodied ascension toolkit teaching everyone all these skill sets and how to bring the new world forward so that's how they introduced themselves to me and um It took me a little while to get their accurate name. And finally, because I can be stubborn and thick sometimes, finally said, just call us Thea. T-H-E-A stands for The Embodied Ascension. Keep it simple. I said, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So they are a collective consciousness. Maybe you've heard of Abraham um, through Esther Hicks. They're, They're a collective consciousness of beings of light and ambassadors and helpers who are devoted to helping the earth and those upon her to birth a new frequency of consciousness born of harmonization and peace and love and to help birth a new consciousness for the human species.
2: Hmm.
0: So what are you saying that, that that COVID is like an actual part of this process that was done on purpose? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Now a lot of people, a lot of people, could take offense to that and come hunt me down. And I realize uh-huh. <laughs> I'm just the messenger. I'm just the messenger. Um, what Theo said was the first of all, the the roots of COVID on the physical plane looks like a horrible accident that put the whole world in lockdown. So they're not arguing with that. They're saying that is exactly what it looks like on the physical plane. Um the purpose of it was everyone had to go and uh, get quiet and stay in their homes and deal with themselves. So not the purpose, the effect of it was that everyone had to end up turning inwards because if you're trapped in a house with your family who drives you nuts and that's where you're at, you have to deal with it. You have to face that and confront it. You have to learn your way through that so that you can live in a peaceful state and isn't it interesting they said that the whole entire world not just one country the whole entire world is being asked to be still and go inside and be quiet and make it work and that's not an accident that's a result of what happened that's not an accident though because what they needed or what the earth is needing is for people to get a grip on themselves for the consumption behavior and the commercialism behavior and to actually understand that we are uh, annihilating ourselves as a species and we're taking all the other species out with us and that we need to stop like not okay i'll get to it like literally stop and go within and find our divine and get out of this um, selfish, me, me, me. I don't care how much I tear the earth apart. I want what's mine. Get out of that addiction patterning and wake up. So it was the big awakening. Some I've heard some say it's like the second harmonic convergence.
2: Right. No,
1: I don't, I'm not informed about that. I have heard that though, and I see how that makes sense. Um, so Thea was saying, you know, we were all asked to go within and consider who we really are and what we're really about and who we want to be as a species. And that the big, big ticket item right now is intention. That we need to give birth to a consciousness that is loving and generous and caring and giving that can propel the human species forward as more embodied divine consciousness than human ego consciousness. And in that way, we are learning to be people who really do care about other people and really do want everyone to be well and that we're willing to dream our reality through conscious intention and to use our intuition to help guide us. So once again, it's bringing the divine through the human element. And as they showed it to me, Uh, there's been a plan for eons of this light grid. It's a light consciousness that has been built around the earth. Some would call it the electromagnetic field. And what happened was that electromagnetic field came into the physicality in the body of the earth and caused a ripple effect. Just like if you have a still pond and you throw a stone in it, it's going to bring up the soot from the bottom on the ripple of the waves and move it out. Right. That's what happened vibrationally that we are as human beings, we are midwives to this birth of consciousness through the physical body of the earth and through us. And that that is what it's been all about. And that is what it's going to continue to be for the next 10 years. That's what mm. they're telling me anyway.
0: You mentioned like, um, Rather than leaving our bodies and going somewhere else, the idea of bringing light down into us. Yeah. um, I know there's a practice in magic. uh, It's called Theurgy. It's kind of interesting, too, because the name Thea and Theurgy are kind of close.
1: I know. And then I learned that someone was channeling Theo. And I'm like, I, I never heard of any of these names. Maybe Theo was Thea's brother. I don't know.
0: <laughs> but but it's interesting because, you know, it's, it's a practice that's been around for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and often very misunderstood, too. Yeah. Um, but, I think
1: a lot of practical magic is misunderstood.
0: Yeah, absolutely. People don't realize the... Well, what I mean, one like it's important to history and it's completely left out. Yeah. But, but the idea of you know just bringing that light down into us and through the earth to try to awaken all of humanity. Yeah. <clears throat> Rather than just trying to use it for a selfish outcome.
1: Right. I mean, you know, we're all going we're all going forward together, or we're going down together, and it. Like you said earlier, it's a choice, and everyone has free will. So, you know, there are those who I will not name at the moment who are only interested in self-gratification. And, you know, then there's the rest of the planet who's like, yeah, we want to survive as a species, and we want to do well, and we want to be well here, and let's let's get that party going, you know?
0: Do you think humans are the only species on the planet that have these spiritual qualities or do no, you think I, that there's other ones like such, such as dolphins and some whales and some of the I think we're the last
1: ones to have it. And I don't mean that as a put down to humans. It's just that we are designed with self-reflection. You know, I don't think a dolphin swims around thinking about itself.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Not to my knowledge. I mean, I've had dolphins talking to me too. They don't seem to think about themselves. I think that the animal kingdom and all the different species that that entails from creepy crawlers to winged ones, to four leggeds, two leggeds, everyone in between. I don't know that any of them, at least I've not learned that any of them have self reflective consciousness except the human species. And that's a gift and a curse. Um,
2: right.
1: So because a lot of people don't understand that they are not their personalities and they, get, they are naturally very attached to their identities through their ego and all the "get give me, give me impulses and instincts that come with that, I feel like the human species is the last ones on the planet to get the wake-up call that we are spiritual beings and our purpose is love. It always has been, it is now, and it always will be. I feel like all the other species naturally are that. And, and get that. that. That's just my personal experience. Doesn't mean I know anything. It's just what
0: <laughs> so because they don't have the ego blocking Yeah. their, their, their view of the spiritual, well, of spiritual world, they're able to, you don't know, have to kind of deal with what we have to deal with.
1: Yeah, well, it's like a baby, right? After a baby's born, they don't know that they're not everything. They don't know that they're a separate body from everything and everyone around them. It's that state of pure beingness. And the animal kingdom is that state. They don't have a reflective self. They don't have an what you and I might call the I, you know, mm-hmm. the letter I, the I. They don't have that ego identification. So they are the state of spirit.
0: Yeah. Uh, somebody else recently said to me something about um, just about dogs, how... Oh, a dog is closer to spirit than a human. Oh, yeah. I don't know who it was that said that to me, but...
1: Probably did an I, animal communicator.
0: Then <laughs> well, I look at my dog while he's chewing my leg, and I have to say, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe well, not I, my dog.
1: <laughs> yeah, I noticed, so, you know, animals, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm an animal psychic. However, because I'm very attuned to life force, I do hear animals talking with me, and you know, it's so funny if I'm, before COVID days, if I'm walking through a mall or down the street and a pregnant woman walks by, that kid's etheric arms are reaching out to me going, yo, yo, I got to talk to you, you know, I'm like, excuse me, man, can you stop walking, your baby's talking to me, and I just want to have a little conversation, you know, so it's a real opportunity to learn boundaries. Um, my cats totally respond to energy. If there's any discordant energy in the space, they will, their hair will stand up and they'll start walking, you know, like they're tracking what's going on. Um, Whenever I do breath work or sessions with people in person, when I used to do that before COVID, uh, you know, the person would have an injury somewhere in their body. And if they weren't allergic to cats and they felt comfortable with my cats being in the room, my cats would come in and literally stick one leg out and put the paw right on the injury site or if they had a lot of stuck energy taking them through a breath work session they just couldn't quite open those lower chakras my cat would come over and just lay right on like the solar plexus down to the pubic bone and just lay on them until that energy moved and opened and then the cat would be like all right my work is done here and they'd walk out of the room you know
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah animals are very sensitive
2: uh,
0: I I have a twenty pound cat deal trying oh. to sleep on my chest. I'm pretty sure he's just trying to smother me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if you've never seen the movie Pets and Pets 2 I highly recommend it. It's hysterical.
0: Um, so on your website, you you offer like some some type of you know sessions and, and teaching, Um yeah. like in apprenticeships, um, yeah like what is that are you actually are people actually able to learn how to become more intuitive or do you or is it just you know like I know when I was a kid growing up like if somebody was psychic it was just some some gift that they were born with or given to them by some old gypsy woman or something like that
2: <laughs> you know
0: it wasn't something that you went on a computer and took a class for
1: right right I mean to share a good point so you know i i can respond to that from my experience only and since i've been teaching since 1987 i could say with great confidence it is a skill set now i wasn't born awake there there are people who come in as mystics and they're fully awake and they don't have the ego identification and they have skills and abilities that i never had especially psychics and that's a different skill set um and i can't teach someone how to be psychic because i don't consider myself psychic i consider myself clairvoyant clairaudient clairsentient highly intuitive so there isn't a person yet and i've worked with thousands of people it's been a long time since 1987 there isn't a person yet who can't get the skill sets of how to get more connected with their guidance it's i come back to the the same foundation we are spirit having a human experience and if that's true, which I believe it is, then there is no reason why we can't open a relationship consciously with our guidance. And for some people, you know, I was saying earlier, like snowflakes and fingerprints, everyone's unique. So it's like a kid in school learning. Some kids work better visually. Some kids work better Audibly, some kids work better kinesthetically, you know, hands on learning. We all learn differently. Well, the same is true with intuition skill sets. They're skill sets. And I have a mentorship program, which is to teach people how to open up to their guidance or their intuition for their own, for um, guiding their own life. It's just for them to use for their own self. The apprenticeship program is for those who want to learn how to become a professional intuitive and be able to do readings and help other people and help them guide their lives. So they're two different levels. Um, And I totally lost track of what I'm answering right now, so I'm going to shut up. (laughs) I hope I answered your question. (laughs)
0: Actually, yeah, you're right (laughs) on. So (laughs) um, you you talk about teaching people in the, um, you know, in the uh, mentorship about helping other people. Yeah. How does an intuitive help other people? Are you do you just tell them like you know what the lottery numbers are?
1: Uh, man, that I think that's a psychics job. I wish I had that. <laughs> um, so here's an example. I'll just I'll just call this person Jane and I'll speak about a conglomerate of um clients and I'll make them one person. So Jane comes to me and says, I'm having a really hard time in my relationship with my partner and i'm not heard and i feel like i'm not living my real life and my partner wants me to be this person because they're more comfortable with me being this person and i feel inside that that's not who i am and i don't know if i should leave this marriage or not because we've got little children and i don't want to break up the family but i feel like i'm dying inside you know what do i do here Now, in the old days, when I was 26, 27, I didn't understand that getting people answers, that me channeling answers for them was not a good thing. I thought I was being helpful because I could see, it's like when I shift and I'm using my intuitive skills, I see a person's wiring. It's like they're a motherboard And I could see their soul energy and the design of the soul. And then I could see the personality and the makeup of the personality and the matrix of the personality. And if you imagine a spout of water pouring into an open vessel, a vase underneath it, well, if the vase is right underneath the spout of water, there's alignment. And the water is going to go right into that vase and fill it up and spill over. It's like that soul energy and and the the human incarnation. I could see if the person is in alignment with their divine and their soul or if they're kind of off to the side. So when I first started doing this work, I thought it was brilliant that I could see and I could see what was coming down the pike for them and I could help them by telling them, you know, well, this is going to end up being the result anyway, so you might as well just go and do this. Boy, I created a lot of karma. I mean, I didn't know any better. I thought I was being helpful. I was young, you know. And then um, probably about 20 years ago, you know, Spirit came to me and said, look, here's the deal. Everyone has the schematics of the ability to talk to their own divine. Your job is to teach them how to access it so they get their own answers. You don't give people insight for them. You lead them to the insight for themselves. And I was like, oh. (laughs) So, and Spirit taught me how to redo what I was doing. So we take this person I'm, well, we'll call her Jane. I'm not sure who I named her. And uh, so Jane would come for a session and sit with me. I'd be like, okay, so when you tell me about this, you feel like you're dying inside or you're not being true to yourself. Is there a place in your body that, that you feel when you're saying that? And always a person... And can feel oh there's a, uh, my gut is tight or my heart feels shut down, or there 's a uh, knot in my shoulder, and I always use the body because the body is grounding right we 're spirit having a human experience. we have bodies for a reason, so I'll say okay well let's let 's go into that. I want you to go into that sensation there and close your eyes and tune into it. bring your attention to it. tell me what what does it look like? What does it feel like? You know Tell me all about it, and so that 's the first step is to get them to go inside step one intuition use your body as the barometer so then they'll because their attention is on that in their body they're starting to make a connection and then they can start to talk about it and what always happens is as they're feeling the stuck place it starts to open and move why because they're giving it their attention our bodies talk to us when they start to give it attention, starts to open, there's information sitting in there. I'm like, well, if, if that part of your body could have a message for you or say something to you, you know, what does it feel like, look like, what's the color? Is there any emotion? What does it want to say? And every single time that person will start spitting so much out information. Well, my body's saying, if I do this, I'm going to get sick and I'll just get worse. But Then there's this feeling of lightness. I'm like, well, what does the lightness in your body say? And they'll be like, well, you know, the lightness is, this is kind of crazy, but it's telling me I need to take the art classes I keep thinking of. And that's weird, because what does that have to do with my marriage? And I'll be like, I don't know. What does your body say about taking the art classes? And then, you know, it just goes like that. And then they start informing themselves. Well, if I take the art class, I'll be accessing my creativity And if I'm accessing my creativity, I'll get to know myself better. Then I'll be more clear about what I want and who I am and what makes me feel good. Then I'll have the courage to follow that. I'm like, okay, so what does that have to do with getting rid of your husband or keeping your husband? And they're like, well, if I follow what's real and true for me, I'm going to be more happy and more fulfilled. And my relationship will work itself out because I'm no longer going to put up with not being the real me, I'm going to start showing up in my marriage as the real me. And my husband will either open up and get curious and interested and attracted, or he'll get repulsed and, you know, move away because he wants to control who I am. And that's not going to work for me anyway. And that's just a real subtle, you know, light example. It's a lot deeper than that. We go to a lot more places. Sometimes, you know, people can sense energy over their shoulders. And I'll be like, well, if you could... Use your imagination to tune into the energy over your shoulder. What is that energy there? I'm like, oh, like there's a color, and now there's a face, and it's saying it's my angel. I'm like, okay, well, you know, what's your angel's name? And what does it have to say? And you know, they just start talking. So my experience is people need to sit with someone like me. I'm not saying it has to be me, but someone who really trusts and really knows that spirit is real, and someone who lives their life by following spirit, because that facilitator holds a field, holds an energy and a vibration, and sees the possibility in their client. And that's how I work with people. I know they're the divine having a human incarnation. I know that they have access to that level of wisdom, and I just know it, and I expect them to do it, and they're sitting in my field so they get out of their way and rise to the occasion and deliver to themselves something that's really very um, natural to be able to do. It's just that people don't know the skill sets to do it. You know, and then from there, I give them a lot of tools and practices and trainings to grow the muscle and deepen the relationship and test it out. And testing out your guidance is pivotal because otherwise you're going to think you're making it up. You're not going to trust that it's your guidance and you're never going to know that it's real. So you have to test it.
0: I think that's definitely more beneficial too is when you help people find their own answers rather than just giving them the answers. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, <clears throat> I don't consider myself psychic either, but I've always read tarot cards. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and with the tarot cards, it's like, one of the things is I think if a person comes with a, a question that's not supposed to be answered or mm-hmm. something that they have to learn for themselves, they're not going to find out the answer that they're, <laughs> they're, they're yeah. looking for. It's like, I'm, you know, like, you know, this is what it says, you know. And um, yeah, and then with, with other people, um, you know, I, I'll know usually. Like, you know what, it may not make sense now, but just try to remember it and, and wait till later on down the road. Um, yeah yeah but and t- tools I, I,
1: like that are they're so helpful tarot cards and medicine cards and you know dowsing all of those tools are instruments to access intuition they're brilliant
0: yeah and also with them too like one of the things that i think and i guess this is maybe a personal spiritual belief but even when we make wrong decisions
2: mm-hmm.
0: we end up what we're kind of supposed to be anyway eventually. It's just whether we want to take the long route or the short route.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You mean the little habit patterns we have of tripping ourselves up and having to go around the bend a few thousand times?
2: Yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I have a story for you about that one. Um, You know, Thea has free teaching videos up on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter, and they just love giving stuff away for free. So the theme for August is navigating the fear and every Sunday evening at 7 Mountain Standard Time, a new video comes out under that topic for the month of August. And so um, August 9th's video was about energy boundaries for the mind, emotions, uh, the physical body, and relationships. And, and here's what I mean when I say I am a student of the work. I'm not sitting here like I've got it all together and I'm on top of the mountain. You should learn from me. That is not it it's, I get the privilege of learning alongside whoever's coming for a session, because there's always growth. So, um, someone who's very dear to me was having some brain events that look like seizures, and I was getting, you know, frightened for them. So, the fear, the instinctual body in me kicked in, and I started getting worried, and then I got neurotic, and, and I normally don't do that, but uh, I, I went there because I'm really attached to this person. And so um, I couldn't stop thinking about, it. you know, what if they die? If they die, that's going to really suck. Oh, my God. I, it's like, you know, we don't have a plan if this person dies. And, you know, I'm and my ego is just going on and on in fear. And I wasn't noticing that behavior. It was just taking me and running with me. And so I was driving and, um, you know, it's like the thought just, kept repeating over and over there's no plan if this person dies oh my god what are we going to do you know we have to get to the bottom of this and obsessing and Thea started talking to me Uh, Thea started talking to me days before but Thea it's like I'm driving with Thea as my passenger and Thea's saying you need to stop you need to take a breath and stop the thinking you're you're on a circus ride stop and I couldn't stop the obsession just took over and I was on the runway And so I thought, oh, I have a right turn coming up in about a mile. So I pulled over to the right lane and, um, you know, rather early, there was no reason for me to do that. And C is saying, stop, stop your mind, stop your mind. And I I couldn't. So what happened is I got in a car accident and I got rear ended and my head got banged against the headrest. Thank God it didn't hit, you know, the front of the car and I got stopped. And went through a whole thing, and I'm doing all kinds of therapies now. And a few days later, after my nervous system calmed down, Thea said, are you ready to talk about the accident? I said, yeah, what's up with that? And they said, well, you couldn't stop. You were obsessing, and you were frying your nervous system. You were in fight, flight, or freeze, and you were escalating. And you can't afford to do that because you're too sensitive, and you couldn't stop, so we had to break the energy. So the accident broke the energy for you and stopped everything and stopped your nervous system there. And they said, if you notice, you didn't get badly injured, got your head bumped, but you didn't get badly injured, but that's what you needed to break the energy to stop the cycle of the obsessing. And they said, remember, first of all, you didn't get badly injured, so that's a good thing. Second of all, you need to remember that August is about navigating the fear and that means you need to be awake when fear takes hold of you and drags you down the road you're at choice and you're practicing being conscious so the opportunities to be aware of the behavior that you're doing and thirdly everything is based on intuition and intention right now so instead of being worried and fearful that this person is going to have a stroke and die how about this intend that they get the answers they need and the right support and see them as healthy and happy and going forward with them and focus your intention that way and choose to be an instrument of support psychically and intuitively as well as in your thoughts about them that's what you're here to do that's the game changer for everyone on the planet is navigating out of fear into conscious purpose and intention. And I was like, ah, touche. Yeah, you know, I went totally unconscious. And and we're in human bodies. If we were if we had, you know, divine wisdom down to a T and were perfect at it, we wouldn't be in bodies. We wouldn't be here to learn.
2: Right.
0: See, I would have been just upset if my car was damaged. <laughs> that's, that's that's always me. I only I don't know. I'm okay with getting hurt, but man, don't mess up my car.
1: <laughs> oh, and my car is less than two years old, and my son helped me buy it. And when I got out of the car and looked at the back, and it looked like a tin can, I was upset. Believe me, like, my car. <laughs> you know.
0: Did you get it fixed?
1: Maybe.
0: Did you get the car fixed?
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah,
0: and
1: uh, <laughs> you know, even car every all objects have spirits, right? So I, I tend to name my cars. So the first version of this car was a G6 and uh, it told me its name was Miracle. And so I drove the G6 for a while and it was Miracle. And, you know, finally, uh, you know, my son and my fiance are like, you know, you that, that car is falling apart. You really need to get a new car. And, you know, again, I can be stubborn. I was being resistant. And when I, uh, Drove into the dealership and my, you know, I had support, picking out a car, yada, yada. Um, I had to say goodbye to Miracle because I was trading it in. And I, I felt the living spirit of the car. And the car said to me, I want to come with you. And I was like, well, uh, how are we going to do that? You're physically erect. You can't come with me. And it said, I'm a spirit. Let me come with you into the body of the new car. And I swear... I did a little thing and I went, okay, the spirit of you is welcome to come into the new car and you can come along in the new car. I sat in the new car, I called the spirit of miracle into the car and I literally felt the consciousness of miracle step in to this Acura. So the Acura's name is Miracle (laughs) 2. You know, so when, when the Acura got crunched, I was like, oh, miracle, you're being hurt all over again, you know. And it, it was uh, towed to the collision place, and I said, I need to know if it's totaled or if it's fixable. And the whole time I could feel the consciousness of miracle, the, the, uh, the life force behind the car. And again, it said to me, I don't want to sit here at the collision place. I want to come with you. And I said, I I don't, how do we do that? You're not going to be in my body. And I heard, open the glove compartment. So I opened the glove compartment because I have to unload the car anyway uh, to get it fixed. In the glove compartment is this little necklace that I totally forgot about. And with a little pendant on it, it says, believe in miracles. So I took the pendant out and said, okay, Miracle, you can put your spirit in this little pendant and I will wear you until we find out what happens next. And I know people would think I'm crazy. I feel the spirit of Miracle in that pendant and it's hanging in the rental car. And I got a call from the collision place. They're like, yep, your car is totally fixable. We'll have it back to you in two more weeks. And I'm like, hey, <laughs> Miracle and I get to go on together, you know. like i said some people would think i'm crazy i'm just super super sensitive and i really do feel like you know we say that they're inanimate objects but there's a lot of theories out there about atomic structure everything is actually moving waves and particles it only looks like physical density to us and everything has a spirit
2: yeah it's
0: not real yeah you know it's just like you know it's, it. it's just all particles and waves. Nothing's actually solid. It's, it's right. probably only solid because we're able to observe it.
1: Yeah, I love that one. Is the water boiling because you're observing it, or is it boiling and you happen to be seeing it? Which <laughs>
0: way <do> you, know? <laughs> um, you know, you, you mentioned like you're worried about somebody having a, a, neuro, a neurological disorder. Um, yeah. I, have, I have epilepsy. Oh. And I had um, a really bad seizure about a year ago. It was oh. the worst one I ever had. But it was also really, really cool. Wow. Because I, I, I you know I lost consciousness and all I remember is like this huge vortex of color and sound. Mm-hmm. And and it was cool, you know, like it's like, oh okay, maybe it like one of first things like, oh maybe you know you do go somewhere when you die you know
2: yeah like, that was yeah. like the first thing
0: that popped in my head and, and then like you know all of a sudden like I, you know I, I heard somebody yelling in the background like, come back to me come back to me and it was uh, my wife and like by this time i was already in an ambulance and she was yelling wow was, I've like, a half hour had oh, passed man. by, and i woke up and i was like oh
2: wow <laughs>
0: You know, I mean, like it sucked. That I had a seizure, but it was kind of like this a, a cool experience like because afterwards, like ever since then, I'm not afraid of like death or anything like that, you know?
1: Yeah, because yeah, you know that you're not the body you continue to be. Yeah. I'm just curious because you said earlier that you you like things about sound healing, and I'm curious with your experience with epilepsy, do you do sound healing practices? Does is sound a part of your self therapy with this?
0: I've been I don't want to say sound therapy, but I mean, I've been playing guitar since I was like 12 something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. So mu- music is like a, a, a huge thing for me ever since I was a kid. Yeah. Um, you know, I I'm, I'm not sure if Playing music is like a gift or a curse, you know. <laughs> it's like when I, was, I remember, like as a kid, I was watching TV, and uh, and I saw Alice Cooper on TV, mm. and I was like, "That's it. That's what I want to be when I grow."
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and, and I uh, and you know, I never really wanted to get any other career. You know, like I never could really put my mind to anything else except yeah, playing music. You know.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so yeah, I mean, there's well, always been true. that.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm, my fiance is also a guitarist, and uh, I, you know, I, <clears throat> I'm a singer. I've tried to learn piano and guitar, and I got to tell you, I've had the same guitar for 30 years. I know the same five chords and only one strum pattern, so <laughs> guitar is not my instrument, but I'm curious about, because Thea keeps teaching me to use sound more and more, because that's part of the frequency we're moving into in this new world. And um, I'd be curious for you to start playing with vocal sounds, like just allowing whatever wants to arise out of your voice coming from your body to to take over and give it a run, like in the same way that you meditate and do breath work to surrender to sounding. And just, I'd be curious to see what your body does with that. Cause I, I have a hunch that there's an intelligence in your body that knows how to navigate the epilepsy through sound. And as I'm saying this to you, I don't have any knowledge behind these words. They're just coming Mm -hmm. out of my mouth right now to say to you. So I'm very curious about that.
0: I'll have to give that a try. I've never actually... I mean, I've done some chanting, you Mm -hmm. know, with Buddhist meditation, you know, like the some of Mantras and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, So I've done a little bit, but I've never done it for an extended amount of time.
2: I, yeah, And
1: you know. I, I, I just go back to that because when all that sounding was coming through me to create the Breathing Life CD, it literally was tones, just like tones and sounds and things I don't normally ever do. And um, I mean, it opened up all kinds of realms and worlds that I've never seen with my human eyes. And I have a feeling that there's a medicine in uh, the sound, our own voice, because it's our soul, right? If you think about, well, how am I even talking right now? What allows me to speak? What's the thoughts and where's the voice even coming from? It's our, it's our spirit. I have a feeling that there's an innate intelligence and medicine, vibrational medicine of our own voices through our own bodies for our own healing. And what I have taught, sound healing workshops i have seen that that's true with the people participating but i'm curious about using it for a specific thing you know like like epilepsy i don't have any experience with that but i'd I'd be curious if you played around with that to talk with you again and see what your experiences are because you might you might enter realms without going through the seizure you might just open gateways and enter realms that'll blow your mind
0: yeah actually I was going to start, I bought a deck of um, sacred geometry cards, Ooh. and I was going to start trying to do that, see yeah. how how that works, um,
2: Yeah,
0: you know, since I'm not able to really do all the great things I used to do when I was a kid, like LSD and angel dust, <laughs> <laughs> which definitely work. <laughs>
1: I I was always I had too many control issues to do any of that, you know. Like the other people around me, yeah, like the older crowd around me dabbled in that and mushrooms. And I've never even done mushrooms, not because I'm a prude. I just I'm so I'm so sensitive. I'm afraid of losing my mind.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think what happened with me was, you know, I, I mean, I was okay with those type of things, but I used to drink alcohol, and I think the alcohol would cause me to have the seizures.
2: Oh, oh you know
0: and this was when i was young and i didn't know what i had you know yeah. i was never diagnosed i mean i would just sort of just lose consciousness and, and, and wake up in somebody's backyard wow and um uh, so i stopped when i was really young i was like 20 and i just gave it all up yeah you know but um you know, and i would never really pick it up again, but that's why I, I kind of would look into things like the sacred geometry, sound, isolation sure. tanks. Yeah. Stuff like that. But definitely, like, too, with the sound, like you mentioned using your own voice, and then I have a question about that. So a lot of people don't like the sound of their own voice. Even <laughs> yeah. I don't like the sound of my own voice. Sometimes when I go back and I listen to these podcasts, <laughs> and I'm like, man, I just sound like a stoner. <laughs>
1: You don't sound like that at all, Gary. You sound like a man with a beautiful open heart. Thank you. A lot of people don't like the sound of their voice. And, um, you know, again, that's just the ego judgment stuff, right? Because... if I'm attached to getting approval from outside of me and coming off a certain way, then I'm going to be judgmental about how I look, how I walk, how I move, how I sound, how I sing, you know, how I talk. I mean, we're, we're just a carnival of self judgment, us human beings. And a lot of people don't like the sound of their voice. And I just say, you know, it's your vibration. It's your frequency. It's your sound. And, If you get curious about it, how the heck am I even speaking? How does speaking even happen, let alone the consciousness behind my speaking? And get curious about it and interested in it, it creates space. And space creates curiosity and exploration and a more expanded state with which to explore. And self-judgment contracts us down and collapses us and basically puts a noose around our necks. And we all do it. We, we're incarnated, you know, to learn as much self-love as we can. And self-judgment is part of the thing we have to learn our way through, you know.
0: Yeah, I think all judgment <laughs> is yeah. an issue, you yeah. know. The world would be a totally different place if all of us lived without self-judgment and judgment of other people.
1: Right, right. And, you know, on the human body is an animal body, and there's instinct and survival. And, you know, all of that survival stuff with the fear based thinking makes it us versus them instead of Oh, yeah, there's one life being lived. And there's another facet of the diamond that I am. There's another leaf on the tree of life that I am if we could just get that and behave from that. Oh, my goodness we we would definitely create heaven on earth and and that's what thea keeps saying it's like if you're here their their byline is if you are here it is on purpose you're not incarnated at this time by accident you are here on purpose and most people's purpose at this juncture for the next 10 years is to help birth a new consciousness and a new operating system for a new earth and new species of human being we're becoming cosmic human beings and that's what we're doing here it's like yeah the sooner you get with the game the easier your life is going to be and the more resistance you put up you know i don't know if you're a trekkie but in the old days of star trek is like you know resistance is futile
2: (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, definitely And, and also you know with with sound too. I've always been, I've literally been to thousands of concerts in my life, Mm -hmm. you know, and, but my favorites have always been like small venues with really loud bands, (laughs) like like seeing like the Ramones or CBGBs kind of thing.
2: Yeah. You know,
0: but what it is though is you feel the music against your body
1: exactly
0: and it's so powerful it's so much different than you know listening to the radio or something like that when you're Mm -hmm. in a small place and and you feel just the music going against your body yeah it's such a different experience and it doesn't like hit your body it goes through your body
1: right right sound waves vibration is um it's i I'm going to sound like a goofball right now. It, to me, it's delicious. I love having sound roll through my cells, my DNA, and my brain. I love vibration. I love sound as vibration. Yeah, it's it feeds us, totally.
0: Yeah, it, 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 I can always feel better afterwards. You know, It's almost like a massage or something like that, just just yeah. having that happen. And it's usually like the smaller the place and the louder the band
2: <laughs> for me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I can, I, because you're getting more impact, you know, what I was saying about sound earlier, uh, with you telling me how much you love vibration, there's a difference between sounding like, oh, uh, you know, with open sounds, and humming.
2: Mm. Mm-hmm.
1: So when we hum, we're sending the vibration of the sound, literally through our bone structure. And it vibrates us from the inside out. And um, I, I feel like you're pointing that out and how you're describing a small room with loud sound. It's vibrating you. Well, that's what humming does. And, and humming is a different frequency than sounding with an open mouth. So, you know, I think we can all get on the humming party more, too, you know?
0: Yeah. yeah. I'll definitely give that a try. Um, yeah, I definitely want to know how it goes for you. I'm very curious. So I um, wonder, what is a a soul medicine song since we're on this topic?
1: <laughs> I'm not going to get out of this interview without you asking me that, hey?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, um, so I've said earlier, I'm a professional singer, and I'm an intuitive. And so one day, uh, those two skill sets merged and became what i call soul medicine songs so i'll sit with someone and i'll tune into them and then out of nowhere all of a sudden singing is happening through my voice and it is like a lullaby to the person about who they are as a soul and how uh they they hear the story of their essence as a soul and as a personality and, and um, they get guidance through the song. So it's like a musical reading and I don't use any instruments and this melody just like comes up and through my voice and it's usually a good long song. It has verses that are like a story set to music. It rhymes, you know, at the end of of the lines and um, it has a repeating chorus and it's, I guess in a, in the new age world, you would call it channeling. It just improvises and comes right through me. Mm-hmm. And um, I never remember it. The minute the song is done with me, it's gone. I have no memory of what came through me. So I always record someone's soul medicine song for them. So they have it as a touchstone that they could play over and over and over again. And I've had people you know, I've done a lot of concerts, I've given a lot of concerts, and I remember this one time, uh, where was I? St. Louis, and there was a gentleman in a wheelchair, you know, in the front row, and I'm up on stage with my band and my people, and, you know, the concerts I give are very much new thought, you know, positive, loving, new world, kind of spiritual stuff, not not religious, but just power-packed with love, and um this guy got up and started walking and I didn't know him. I hadn't spoken with him before the concert. I just happened to see him in the sea of people there. And at the end, he he was back in his wheelchair and the person pushing him was probably a relative. And they came up to me and he said, I want you to know that I saw the Holy spirit behind you. And I got up and I started walking
2: and that's <laughs>
1: never happened in my life. And I didn't know what to say to that because I consider myself a vessel and an instrument through which spirit works. And it's not because of me or my personal power at all. And I don't have a lot of experience with religion. And, you know, when he said he saw the Holy Spirit standing behind me, I'm like, I don't even know what that looks like. But that was his experience. Now, did he conjure that from his own being? And he gave himself the image of the Holy Spirit behind me? Or did he literally see the Holy Spirit behind me? I'll never know the answer to that. What I do know is there's something in the sound and the concert experience and the musicality of it that touched him and got his body to get up and walk just for a small period of time, you know, a few steps. Mm -hmm. And then he went and sat back down. He was moved to it. And to me, I'm like, You know, hallelujah for that. I had nothing to do with it. And thank you for sharing that with me. You know, I bore witness to this man having a miracle for himself because of his experiencing because of the music. So I I think music and sound is very powerful.
0: And so do I.
1: Yeah. And soul medicine songs, Thea wants to now call them Thea songs because they want to start channeling the songs for the people instead and i said i'm i'm totally good with that i never remember what sings through me anyway so we can call them theist songs
0: (laughs) (laughs) so before we wrap this up um what is like the most valuable message that you could give my listeners
1: Mm. Well, Thea is talking to me right now, and Thea wants to respond to that. So Thea is saying, truly, if you are here, it is on purpose. You're significant, you matter, and you're needed. And if you're here and you're not living your life from a place of the truth of who you are, then learn what the truth of who you are is, because that is the blessing you're here to give everyone, and everyone counts. And know that you can do it because you can choose to do it, and then providence moves on your behalf. And that's what Thea just told me to say.
0: One hmm. thing I ask, actually just popped in my head. I forgot to ask. Um, do you guys, do you believe in like reincarnation?
1: I love that question. I always, I always have.
0: Yeah. So, or do you think people have a choice?
1: Uh, yeah, you're really, you're really, you're getting right in my my nerve ending here. It's really funny because my fiance and I are going back and forth about this because I love the people in my world and the experiences I get to have. And I would prefer not to incarnate again because I want to know what's going down in all the other realms. You know, I want to be part of the uh, beings behind the scenes that bring energy to humans and help guide their lives. And I'm more intrigued by that uh, for my next round. And he's arguing that uh, he wants me to incarnate again because we want to have more lives together. And I'm like, you know, I don't know. I mean, I love you, but I'm just, uh, what's it like serving from the other side, you know? So do we have a choice? Again, I'm not a scholar and I'm not learned. All I could do is shoot from the hip and you're not going to love my answer. I have to say, I don't know. Mm. I I hope that we do. I honestly don't know. Because if I had my druthers, I want to help from the spirit side on the next round.
0: Right. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, I had recently interviewed, um, his name was Dr. Richard Allen Miller.
2: Mm. And
0: he mentioned that um, at the end of life, there's a blue tunnel and a tunnel of light. And the tunnel of light is like the birth canal. Like, you know, hmm. we reincarnate. Yep. And in the blue tunnel, we go somewhere else. Uh-huh. And we get to choose.
2: I was like, hmm. Hmm.
1: It makes you makes you wonder what you'd want, doesn't it? It opens up a good question. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like I think a lot of people feel like, oh, you know, because just because of their disposition of spiritual beliefs, you know, they either believe... In heaven and hell or, yeah. you know, whatever. But I think a lot of people don't look of it as a choice. And, and that's what stuck out to me when you
2: said that. You know, it's,
1: yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, there's so many scholars and learned people out there and master consciousnesses. And I've never learned anything from books. I only learn from the direct experiences I have. And um, while they're varied and amazing and, and quite mystical – I also don't have experience in all realms with everything. And reincarnation is not, it's not something I know a lot about. What I do know, and I'll keep this super short, is when my son was five, um, we had dear friends who, who's, they had a baby three months before my son was born and the two, our two kids grew up together. And at age five, my son kept calling his little girlfriend, um, no, she kept calling him daddy she kept calling my son daddy. They were both like four years old. And one day the little girl's father said, why do you keep calling him daddy? I'm your daddy. And both little kids looked at the father and she said, he made me. And my son said, I made her last time. I was her daddy. And they both remembered that. They remembered their past life together and they remembered their roles. They were only four years old and they both had the same story. Yeah. I mean, how does
0: that happen? Yep. Next week, I guess, next week or a couple weeks, I have um, a guest who's kind of an expert on the subject. I'm looking Mm -hmm. forward to it. I had him on before and we talked about dreams, but he's also sort of an expert on reincarnation and Mm -hmm. some of the stories of where it's been proven and stuff like that. Yeah. So it'll be an interesting episode. I Um, will be
1: sure to listen to that one because I'd like to learn more about that.
0: Um, where can my listeners find you?
1: Um, well, you've graciously referred to my website numerous times, which I appreciate. And I have to say it's really outdated and <laughs> needs some severe fixing. However, it's still a place to find me. So it's basically my name and the word thrive. So it's uh, com. But chances are, if you just Google my name, Denae Shanti, you'll find me because I'm all over youtube and instagram and twitter and facebook and i'm pretty findable i've been teaching a long time and i will have a book coming out next year that thea is writing through me awesome yeah
0: can't wait to read that i've actually me too (laughs) actually this i've had the one book out and i this podcast has inspired me a little bit so i'm actually going to try to write uh Everything imaginable, volume one, volume two, and volume three.
1: <laughs> oh, I love it. I lo- that sounds fun. That sounds great.
0: Yeah, so it's going to be a little bit of a project, but it'll be mm-hmm. cool. And this time mm-hmm. I actually get to work with some publishers, which is nice too.
1: Oh, awesome. Awesome. Oh, I can't wait for that. That sounds like it's going to be chock full of variety.
0: So, just to my listeners know, Don A is spelled D A N A E. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely check out the website. Um, is it a WordPress website?
1: Um, yeah,
0: it looks like
2: WordPress. It's a WordPress. Squarespace.
1: However, I'm I will be having a new website built, and that will be on WordPress.
2: Okay. If
1: that's coming down the road.
0: Awesome. Yeah. So, so my listeners will definitely be checking out your website. Um. Uh, anything else that you'd like to promote before we oh no up?
1: I just I feel like um you know when people come to me for private sessions I just want them to know that we really roll up our sleeves and do it we don't talk about it we don't say we'll get there someday I don't want to do a lot of sessions it's like I like to get as much done in one session flat as possible and it's always up to the person if they want to come back I'm uh, I'm all about the most important thing to me is that someone learns how to be self-empowered and accessing their guidance as quickly as possible so they don't call me anymore because we all have the capacity to have that. We all deserve to have that kind of trust in ourselves and to know in the dead of night, if we're scared about something, we have someone loving to turn to and to get an answer just for us. And we all have that. That's the most important thing to me.
0: So I guess you don't base your business on repeat customers.
1: No. No, 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 no.
0: That's a good thing. It's honest.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, so I have Siri. my life to live. I have my life to live too, right? I'm <laughs> I need as much coaching as the next person.
0: <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank yeah. you for being on my show.
1: Oh, what a pleasure, Gary. So much fun to share this time with you. Thank you. Yeah.
0: And, um, and I'm also going to post a link to your website. And, and um, if you have anything else that you want me to put on the website, in you the notes, know, just email it to me and I'll include it.
1: Great. Great.
0: And, well,
1: thank you. And thank you for your generosity and following your own inspiration so all of us could benefit for it. That's a great gift to everybody. Thank you. For that. Uh,
0: thank you. I enjoy it. I really, I think I probably get more out of it than anybody else. So.
1: <laughs> well, it's your dream, of course. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. Thank you for being on and I'm going to call that a wrap. Have a great day.
1: Great. You too, Gary. Many blessings.
2: You too. Thanks.
0: Bye-bye.
1: Bye-bye.
2: Thank you for listening to everything imaginable. Please like and review this podcast on whatever platform you are using. It helps this podcast move up in the ranks and easier for people to find. Also, tell your friends, family, co-workers, and even that weird uncle. I'm trying to be that weird uncle. If anyone wants to be a guest, you can email me at everythingimaginable2020 at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and LinkedIn. My website is www.everythingimaginable2020.com. My Patreon is patreon.com forward slash everythingimaginable.com. You can make a donation to support this podcast. Remember, everything that is was first imagined. Thank you for listening, and see you next week. You know, yes, you can also buy my book, Enlightenment Guarantee, the only book on Zen you'll ever need. It's available on Amazon, Kindle, and paperback.